That's me. Every day, HC at three. That's me. Every day, HC at three. That's me. Every day, HC at three. That's me. Every day, HC. Men of F3, this is Red Light. And Miles is with you here. Awesome. And we are from Gold Rush, but we're speaking to men around the region and the nation. All over the place. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> awesome. People are tuning in. Maybe even outer space. Maybe outer space. You never know. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, aliens. So I want to hear about your incredible workout this morning. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> This is called avoidance. I slept in this morning. What? Yeah, I know it. I since uh, since the end of season one, I've had a few mm-hmm. issues happening, but I, I needed. I just I felt a little need for some sleep this morning, so I didn't HC, but I didn't have to. Okay. FS or uh, uh-huh. CS. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, you know, fart sack circumsack. But um. Does that make it better that you avoided committing? Or is that, like, I don't, I don't understand. You didn't AC, so you're okay? I made a choice to not commit. Okay, okay. So I committed to not committing. I'm sure you made a good choice. I know you, you had some birthday, you know, birthday celebration last night. Thank you. And, and I was there. Yes, yes. It was Congratulations cool. on your birthday. Hey, thank you, thank you. And we've been praying for you. Well, I appreciate that too. It's been good to have a... Friends and uh, fellowship and all the good things that F3 brings us. So thank you, man. This morning I worked out with a bunch of studs at DeVento uh-huh. and led them, uh, and we had a great time. It was tough. There was 11 of us, Oh, uh, and it's not a place I usually go, but yeah. we had a good time. Yeah, a little far from home. Yeah. So studs that weren't in bed, but the studs that made it out. People that ate seed yeah. or didn't ate seed, <laughs> but they still showed up. They committed. They committed. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, guys, we have some important stuff here to talk about in season two. And um, remember, the title of our podcast is Hitting Virtuous Targets or Men on Target. And so this season two, we want to continue to talk about being a man on target and, um, and some of the obstacles that get in the way of that. And, um, and, a little preview, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of, the, some of those obstacles that deal with substances or um, processes, things that kind of really get, they can hold us up. Miles, what do you want to tell us about this theme and uh, the direction we're headed? Yeah, I mean, you know, our first season, we, we tried to hammer home this idea that we should have goals. And we're either, you know, making progress towards those goals or we're moving away. And making it harder, harder to hit the target. And, um, you know, just continuing that theme that let's have a goal that improves virtuous leadership and not just effectiveness, but virtues and towards a greater good. And, and, you know, faith is an important component to that. And so we can't just have targets that are removed from, from virtue. And, and I think that's our ultimate claim, Red Light. You and I both agree that it's worthy. It's worthy effort every day to make progress towards a greater good, something outside of ourself. Yeah. And you, you can't find that within yourself. And so no man by themselves 
can be successful in leadership. In fact, if no one's following you, are you really a leader? Yeah. And so I think, you know, this men on target, we need each other. We need each other to hold each other accountable, to think about our goals and move towards a virtuous target. Yeah. Great points. Great points. So you think about aiming. In some ways, that's kind of future-oriented, right? A goal is something we're headed toward in the future. One of the things I wanted to add, though, is that there are sometimes we need to do a little, um, not just be future-oriented, but look at the present moment in terms of our equipment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the equipment we have is related to things that also happened or didn't happen retrospectively, i.e. in the past. And so, um, so there's a dynamic relationship between the past, the present, and the future. And um, so we'll talk a little bit about equipment. Things like, you know, in our, in our um, let's say, bow and arrow sort of metaphor, being man on target, or, or if you were to pick a sport that involved throwing a ball and hitting something or, you know, hitting targets. What if your stance is poor? Or what if you, like, have a broken arm? Um, mm-hmm. With a bow and arrow, what if the bow is broken or the arrows aren't sharp enough? These are like equipment sorts of issues, uh, whether literal physical equipment or just your body sort of stuff. But I want to use that as some metaphors for us, right? There are some guys that have a target, let's say, they want to be a better husband, they mm-hmm. want to be a better dad. But they don't have internal models sometimes. Maybe they've never known what it's like to be a dad. Or um, there could be some wounds, some issues from the past. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to put all the focus in the past, but nor do we want to pretend that the past doesn't shape us, like that our history doesn't in some way impact us. So so I don't know. I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. I don't know if you and I have talked about it exactly like that, but I'm open to your thoughts. That's deep. And uh, really, that's, that's, that's deep. And we're, we're going to talk about some deep issues. Like, we're, we're headed into some intense conversations. And, you know, buckle up. Buckle up if you're listening because we're going to have you think about, you know, crippling. You, you, when you're trying to hit a target, you don't want to cripple yourself. And professionals, what you made me think of, Red Light, is professionals, they care about their equipment. And they're better at hitting targets than an amateur. And we're called to be professionals. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I love I love your analogy there. Um, and and I, you know we're gonna get we're gonna talk about um, some tough tough issues going forward. We'll we'll give some examples towards the end. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe one last caveat on that. Some of you know I've attended some uh, Navy SEAL conferences on providing mental health resources to first responders and vets and current military personnel. And um, and, you know, you think about some of the elite athlete warriors that we ask to do amazing things mm. in our country. And most of these guys are, are, are amazing and incredible, and my hat's off to them. But because of what they have done, many of them come into the theater of conflict with some wounds. Uh, and sometimes they're able to bracket those wounds when they go into the conflict, mm-hmm. but they bring them home mm-hmm. to their wives, to their kids. So there's a huge amount of substance abuse, a huge amount of domestic violence, uh, and some other kind of negative indicators. And so I give that only as an example of we want to have amazing goals, an amazing reach and vision for what 
what each man is called to, and we want to be sober-minded about, we got to take a look at our equipment, our hearts, the physical equipment, uh, our stance, uh, mm-hmm. and all the things that have shaped us to kind of bring us to this moment. Because if we're not careful, some of that could take us out of the ballgame altogether. Yeah, that's good. You know, a man's heart, you know, uh, both of us really enjoy uh, quite a few authors, and one of those is Parker Palmer. And uh, one of my favorite authors of all time and the inner life of a leader and, you know, what's going on inside your heart and in your mind and your thought process is, is just as important as what you do on the outside. And um, a lot of what we're going to discuss, you know, helps you wrestle with what's the internal thought process. And, and in my education at Stanford, you know, one of the things they focus on is just winning the inner game. This, this mental battle that, that you continue, or this, this, this narrative that you have in your head about yourself and about others, is that, is that crippling you? And, and how do we change the inner game? Like, how do you actually affect the narrative that has been put in your mind about truth, about what you put in your body, about what you do with your body, and, and some of those habits you've built a narrative since you were a child. And uh, Parker Palmer and a lot of Stanford authors that I was, had the luxury of learning from uh, really help people think through winning that inner game and how you overcome perhaps these negative narratives or bad habits that you've built uh, that starts with just what you believe about yourself. Yeah, that's so great. So we're going to look at those beliefs and where beliefs come from and how to change them. I might add a few other things too. It's like we're gonna we're gonna also look at the emotional life, like emotional intelligence. We touched on that briefly in season one, but I think you know our emotional formation is directly related to our belief system about self and others and the world and and, and how we've been impacted by those that have known us, those that have really taught us our beliefs about ourselves. So more to come on all these topics. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and we you know we. Um we spent quite a bit of time on something called the growth model. Mm-hmm. And um, Townsend and Cloud, you know, the, their structure of growing. Red Light, can you just help maybe provide a general overview of, of the growth model for people listening? Yeah, so this growth model was produced by two very well-known psychologists in the country. They've both written literally dozens of books. And, uh, but the growth model basically says there are four major things that impact our development and starting from the earliest forms of development and moving into later forms. But um, so when we have problems or issues, this is a good like hypothesis on where was the breakdown in the past and where might we look for intervention for healing and growth and development in the present on into the future so we can hit our targets. So those four things are first is what is your history of like bonding and connecting if you guys think about it, especially those of you that are, you know, have kids, you think about how important it is to hold your kid, to comfort them when they're in distress. This is like early human bonding. How important is friendship for adolescents and adults? Having a peer group, having people both to celebrate with or commiserate with, like these are really important resources in life. In fact, so important, the body internalizes social resources almost like vitamins and minerals. They are part of what make us strong. 
um, and the and the absence of deep bonding and deep bonds of friendship and it is actually predisposes us to all sorts of medical illnesses and psychological illnesses. So, so bonding and connecting is the first one. Second one is called uh, boundaries, or when you kind of become different than others. So, uh, you know, imagine your average teenager, or actually, you know, in the two and three year olds for young kids, they're starting to say no. They're learning to say no and set limits. And of course, that can be frustrating for parents. But this is the beginning of how kids learn that they are separate from other people. And if you have a you know high school daughter or a child, male or female daughter or son, that can't say no, that can't set limits, we're setting them up for to be victimized, to be taken advantage of. Well, many adults struggle with boundaries. Some men have a really hard time disappointing people, saying no, offering candor, offering straight feedback, because we fear the pain that other people could feel. Well, th those those boundary issues are a big deal. Uh, third is integrating the good and the bad. Is um, <clears throat> is you know, as humans are good at doing, we can find bad in lots of things. We live in a country right now that's very divided. Both sides are pointing the finger or many fingers. But being able to acknowledge, you know, what in every person we have good and bad. None of us are all bad. None of us are all good. That's a really important developmental skill. If you look at your wife and think, what a total beep, I'm going to beep that word out this season. Um, you know, or <laughs> okay, if, good. If, if this, you make yourself... It's a new leaf for Yeah, you. It's, a, it's a new leaf, a new <laughs> habit, a new goal. Okay. Um, I got confronted about my loose tongue. You know, so <laughs> all those years in seminary really did a lot for me. Um, <laughs> but if you are making yourself all good and your spouse all bad, or vice versa, mm -hmm. you're in a work context, and you just pour a pile of crap on yourself, Mm -hmm. That was a word choice there. Um, okay. and, and you make nobody else, nobody else has any problems. Like there's, there's various ways that this manifests, but you have an mm -hmm. integrating good and bad problem. And then uh, f finally is taking ownership and responsibility. And that really means for everything. It may not be your fault, like you said a few minutes ago, but it's your responsibility to do something about it, uh, about the things that are, that are within your purview. So the growth model wants to look at those four things. And I'm being super brief. You could double click mm -hmm. on any one of those four things, and we could have weeks of material. Months. So, months of material. Years. Yeah. As applied to kids. Decades? Yes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to extend it <laughs> yeah. until you say no. Okay, no. I'm setting a limit right okay, there. Okay, right there. <laughs> Let's go weeks and months. Weeks okay. And months. That's a but, good... But many, many books have been written about all this. So yeah. all I have to say is that that's a good place for us to start looking. If, I'm, if I can't hit a target mm -hmm. and I keep moving away from the target and I keep telling my friend Miles, Miles, I'm working on this target and you see me like the red light, you set your bow down. The red light, you're, yeah. you don't know how to connect with other people. Why do, why do you think you're having a, so much discouragement? Or, you know, like, I might have a bonding problem that is keeping me from actually stepping up to the to the line to shoot the arrow. Yeah, improving a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes we need to get connection to resource a man mm -hmm. to, to aim at his target, aim better at a target. Mm. Other times we need better boundaries with work, yeah, yeah. with uh, crazy family members, with, with whomever. Mm. Sometimes it's we need to work on integrating good and bad. We need encouragement sometimes. Uh, and other times we need to just take some you know, put your seatbelt on and take responsibility for something and get every, on it. Every time you share about that red light, <clears throat> um, I, I build the framework in my mind better. 
And, and it's such a good framework to walk through yourself about what's limiting me or what's hindering me from moving forward. And so I, I love that. And, and I want to say, you know, that red light, if you know red light and I, we're not about shaming anyone. We, it's, it, this, is, this podcast and what we're talking about is not about making you feel bad for where you're at. It's, we want you to feel good. We want you to feel positive about yourself and move towards a direction. That, and, and it's more about growth than a gap, right? We, we, we care more about incremental growths than not hitting a target. And so like, let's say you get closer to the target. You still aren't hitting it. That's a win. And so we don't want anyone to listen and go, oh, man, you know, I feel terrible. No. And, and so I want to start the conversation. I want to start it with this. And I've been challenging guys in my COT with this concept uh, more recently because I'm dealing with it. Uh, personally, I'm trying to get vulnerable and, and share. But, you know, I'm asking guys, have you ever felt overwhelmed? And, and overwhelmed in a way where you know it's actually affecting your health. And every time I ask that, like I literally see every man's head shake. Mm. They, they all can relate to that thought. And we're not talking about, you know, those addicted to something. We're, we're just talking about, hey, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel stressed, when you feel like you can't accomplish everything you need to, for example, what do you do? Like, how do we deal with that? Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really important question. And, and what you do, like well, your first choice, does it make the problem better or does it make it worse? And I've been asking in COT about that because I'll tell you, I'm, you know, my vulnerability here is I've been feeling overwhelmed. Mm. And my first reaction is not a healthy one. Mm. And I got to get control of that. Yeah. Uh, because that can turn into a bad habit that, that is my solution to dealing with my problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we just take an honest look about how do we hit our targets, let's just start there. When you feel overwhelmed, what's your first reaction and, and is that moving you toward your target? It may. It may be. And, and that's good. And we have different areas in our life with relationships, with work, with, um, with, with um, how, how we deal with faith components. Mm -hmm. um, and each one of those areas, you know, concentric issues, how we deal with those may be different. Um, and I want to encourage everyone to ask that question. Yeah, so just, just to integrate that a little bit with the growth model and your vulnerability, so, some people feel overwhelmed for various reasons, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what, if, what if a guy couldn't say no to certain activities? Yeah. That might be a boundary issue. Other guys might actually feel alone. That might be a connection issue. Yep. So it, it's not like a one-size-fits-all, right? Each of us might have different equipment. We're going to refer to this equipment as like our character, not not character in a moral sense, but character like character like in an airplane. What are the characteristics of this thing to perform certain tasks and duties? 
And the more that stress goes up in our lives, the more that it tests our metal. We've all heard this phrase probably, it tests our metal. So, which is another way of saying it tests the character of our structure. So anyway, all that to say, that would be something for us to explore uh, in the right place, right? With a shield lock or some close friends. Um, but I appreciate your candor and vulnerability about that. You're not the only one. In fact, like you said, I think all of us just push us, especially the high capacity people that are really pushing and stress and being overwhelmed is, a, is ubiquitous. Yeah. Uh, so as you think about, you know, the world that is around us, there's, there's many people that, that deal with this uh, in, in maybe a not helpful way. And there's statistics out there about what, what men are doing. And we'll get more specific in future episodes, but, you know, 50% of all people 12 and older have used illicit drugs at least once. Mm. It's, we're, we're at 50%. Mm. And since the year 2000, 700,000 people have died of overdose. Wow. 700,000. I mean, that's lost lives due to something they did to themselves. Wow. And, if you think, there's, and this is a financial problem. Mm. The, the federal budget for dealing with drug control and use is $35 billion. Holy cow. And so there's all kinds of implications. And it just, there's just a few statistics. And, you know, to think about what's going on. And, you know, certainly, you know, the most used is marijuana. Mm-hmm. And we're at about half of all people that have used marijuana. Mm. And, so, you know, 18% of people use marijuana in the last year. Mm. And 14, or uh, sorry, 12% have used it in the last month. Mm. This is all people over 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not that old. Um, and so, you know, we'll talk more about statistics. And, and so this is a, this is a, a wide a, a widely spread issue mm-hmm. uh, that some men are are addressing. Would this be a good time to make make the little caveat about, um, or did you have another couple stats you wanted to share? Well, like suicide or anything. There like are certain populations, right, that are more affected, and and the you know we can get into those as we talk about specific uses. But you think about veterans and vulnerable populations, and even even wealthy populations have different uses. And it's interesting is it's they're still using it just changes you know it changes yeah. what they're using yeah. depending on certain populations and so the percentages are the same everywhere it's yeah. just what they're using is different and and so it's it's funny cuz we actually talked about the importance of we don't want to end something but then men turn to something else right and and it's not just about what it is it's also is it solving the problem? And are you going to something uh, for the wrong reason? Yeah, you guys remember that game at like arcades or carnivals? Um, is that your wife, Miles? She, it's your is phone. She try, is she trying to get us? <laughs> Maybe we need to set some limits with her, man. You know, uh. she's great. <laughs> she can get a hold of me anytime. I would answer that right here if she called me. <laughs> hey, I have bound. I have better boundaries. Um, so. No, I'm, yeah. Okay, but, um, but you remember like at carnivals and fairs and stuff, there's a game called Whack-A-Mole. Yeah. A little, little brown mole pops his head out and you whack it, you push it down, but then its head pops up again in another area. Somebody says, yeah, you know, I was a two or three pack a day smoker and I haven't smoked in 20 years. 
but then they, you learn they gained 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. So they've just right. converted one addiction to, um, let's say, uh, nicotine, and now to maybe dopamine, which is, uh, you know, which is produced as a result of eating foods. Mm -hmm. So... So, yeah, so we don't want to just be whack-a-mole people, right, where we just, you know, get rid of one thing. And, but, but I think we also want to be, we, we're, we're trying to steer clear. We're not trying to make a moral pronouncement about, uh, about to do or not to do, like, yeah. alcohol, you know, drinking yeah. a Budweiser or, I'm sorry, let me change that name, drinking a um, Modelo or uh, you yeah, know, Sierra we Nevada. Yeah, because we could probably get into a discussion about <laughs> brands. <laughs> maybe, maybe. There's, I hear you just there. elicited a reaction from a lot of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Don't project onto me. Okay. Don't project your issues on me. <laughs> Not mine. No, no, I'm just aware. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but my train of thought is that, um, you know, there are certain substances that are legal. Like food is legal, yeah, and it could still yeah. be used addictively. So please don't misinterpret us, guys. We're not going to be making a pronouncement. You need to do this, or you need to do that. Yeah. This is always bad or always wrong. But we want to go deeper. We want to ask, what yeah. is the function that certain behaviors, substances, or processes, processes like pursuing sex, pursuing pornography, mm -hmm. um, illicit sex outside of your marriage, or... Mm -hmm. Those are what we mean by processes, or video gaming, yeah. um, or um, you know, things of that nature. But we want to try to take a, a deeper look. Gambling, yeah, being busy at work, you know, shopping, spending, you know, you, get, you like to purchase. Those are all types of processes. Yeah. And each one of these probably relates to what we call dopamine, right? Some mm -hmm. kind of endogenous neurotransmitter in the brain that we'll talk more about in future podcasts. But... Um, but the function that they serve to medicate pain, make us feel better, uh, or avoid looking and experiencing certain things, that's what we really want to get into. So we want to help men get more whole, have their equipment be better functioning, have their hearts be healed. Uh, so then when they approach the, you know, the free throw line or approach the, the line where you put your foot to aim your bow and arrow at a target, like we're more whole. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're doing it together as we talk about so much in F3. Yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, you know, as we kind of wrap up this episode, it's more of an introduction. You're trying to say you've heard enough from me? No, no. I, I will continue <laughs> Just, talking after oh, you and I. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, teasing. yeah, uh, really the ultimate question is, you know, when, when you have, when you feel overwhelmed and you turn to something or doing something, a substance or a process, is that helping you move towards your target and improving your aim? Or is it worsening it? And, and really, you know, you, you begin to wrestle with, why am I doing this? You know, there, there's perfectly acceptable reasons why you might have a, a substance that you're using. And, and I love that you said, you know, there's legal things that can be abused. And it's true. Like, we don't look to the government for our moral compass. My goodness. Uh, morals and virtues are not defined by our government. They are not. There's not enough books and not enough time to make a law for or against everything to tell you what to do. There's, there's a sky cue that can help direct you towards truth and right and wrong. Guns are legal. Right? There's, there's lots of things that are legal that might be wrong 
And so that's, that's important for us to realize that our government is not our SkyQ. Um, and, and so sometimes we do things and we try to just a, a quick intro list for pleasure. Yeah. Sometimes we do it to numb some pain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do it to withdraw. And, and it's important to, to understand, perhaps, ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, and what's, what is the rationale for me to do this right now? Not, not that you shouldn't do it. Just ask yourself the question. Be honest about that. Or talk to a brother about it and say, hey, when I'm stressed or when I'm in this situation, I do this and I, you know, I want to get your feedback on whether or not you think this is a problem for me. That's a healthy, bonding, connecting type of question. And you might, you know, want to practice that before you ask your M. You know, yeah, practice yeah. that with a brother. And, but you should, ask, you should ask your M. You know, it should be something that you're comfortable enough, but uh, get some practice. Yeah. That's a great point. And, and again, we, we're going to be promoting shield lock and intimate, close relationships with friends. Um, and, uh, and again, once again, we're not trying to give the right or wrong or this or that about a number of issues, but we want to think deeper. Uh, guns may serve a, an appropriate purpose, but there might need to be certain um, responsibility uh, guidelines surrounding the, their uh, appropriate use. Same with food, same with sex, same with alcohol. Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing wrong with celebrating with friends, uh, maybe a birthday, hypothetically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, well, yeah. Uh, but but, but as, as you all know, and certainly in my family of origin, we know all too well, uh, some overuse of alcohol can destroy family. Yeah, it can you know? ruin, it can ruin things. Yeah. Um, you know, so I appreciate your overview of the growth model, but sometimes those original answers come from connection or a boundary issue or looking at everything as good or bad or not taking responsibility. And we think it's important enough to just have that, have that as an anchor for you to maybe tie into where, why you're doing what you're doing and if it identifies with any of those. And so coming episodes, you know, we're, we are gonna, we're gonna focus on some substances, specific substances with drugs and alcohol and then some processes which are yeah, processes like um, gaming, gambling, uh, pornography. Uh, some people get addicted to the process of stealing. Um, mm. But there's a rush sometimes yeah, that comes yeah. with certain activities. Uh, and even just shopping. Shopping can be a compulsive thing. Um, so we'll look at you know, both substances and processes um, and, uh, and a number of other things. All right. I think that might be a wrap, man. I think that's a wrap. Appreciate you, Red Light. I know we, we play around a lot, but hopefully you guys find this next series uh, entertaining. But reach out to us. Give us feedback. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Awesome. F3. That's me. Every day. HC. F3. That's me. Every day. HC. F3. That's me, every day, HC, F3, that's me, every day, HC.